Thanks for joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife Elizabeth. Zedekiah has the choice. He has free will. God never takes that from us. Never. Until we're dead. But the, you have the choice to choose between this and that. You, do, you can't say, well, I'll just choose something third that's not on the table. I will just be an astronaut and fly away from it all. You can't. I will just imagine another world where this is not my problem. Won't help. To stick your head in the sand means it's a choice in itself. God presents you with the options you have to obey or disobey. The Bible teaches us that God has and will continue to use even unbelievers to discipline his people. As Pastor Robert and Elizabeth explain, the choices that men have made throughout the Bible help us understand the human dilemma. God has ordered our world with truth. He's set limits and given purpose to every man. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you, our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. But first, here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth in the book of Jeremiah chapter 39, verse 1, with their continuing study entitled, Whom Do You Fear? God gave Nebuchadnezzar, he calls him his servant. Later he called Cyrus his servant. He's using these unbelievers to do his work because the believers are blaspheming God left and right. So he's directed, he is answering Zedekiah's question. He's asking for counsel and God's answering him. This is what you should do and counseling him to surrender. And Zedekiah has the choice. He has free will. God never takes that from us. Never until we're dead. But the, you have the choice to choose between this and that. You, do, you can't say, well, I'll just choose something third that's not on the table. I will just be an astronaut and fly away from it all. You can't. I will just imagine another world where this is not my problem. Won't help. To stick your head in the sand means it's a choice in itself. God presents you with the options you have to obey or disobey. But you don't choose the circumstances and you don't choose the consequences of either choice. But you do get to choose which path. Does that make sense? And I think that's why he's hammering the church right now, not from anger, but from the kind of discipline you used before a battle. Get in shape now. Get your muscles working right now so that when you are tested, they do what they should be trained to do. In verse 19 of 38, and Zedekiah the king said to Jeremiah, I'm afraid of the Jews. Finally, he admits it. I'm afraid of the Jews who have defected to the Chaldeans, lest they deliver my into my hands, into their hands, and they abuse me. He still thinks that man has more power than God. And that's his trap. Proverbs 29, 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare. And that's what he's reaping. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The choice here is do you obey God or do you obey man? There is no other option. Maybe man is yourself. Maybe man is your own preferences. It's still man. It's still God versus man in your, who has the throne in your, in your heart. Yeah, it's such an interesting, interesting study, you know, to look at all of this because God, you know, through the prophet Jeremiah, but God is saying to the king, if you'll, if you'll just submit yourself to my discipline, you know, in other words, if, if you'll just agree with me that you, do, you need some discipline and that that's what's happening here and just surrender to Nebuchadnezzar, then you'll stay alive. The city will be in one piece. It's like, this will all be over. 
But if you, con if you continue in this obstinance, then it's going to bring total destruction. You're going to die. Everybody's going to die. The city's going to burn. And, and that's exactly where we are in our country today. There's nothing wrong with this. There's nothing wrong with that. And God's saying, if you keep insisting on that, it's not going to work out well for you. See, the, this portrait of, of the fear of man, it always ends badly. It always ends badly. And that's why it's so critical for us as Christians to understand we must not bend and agree with the culture around us that it's all about a woman's right to choose, that it's all about, you know, people being free to love one another. No, it's not all about that. It's not all about that. What it's all about is, is what's true, what's loving for all of humanity. Is, it, is, it, is God right that it's, that it's more loving to preserve babies no matter what? Is he right about that? Yeah, he's right about that. He's right about that. It's not our role. It's, it's not our right to take a life no matter what the circumstances surrounding it might be. It's not, it's not, it's not right for us to murder an unborn child. And, okay, but these two people, they, they, you know, they, they love one another. Yeah, but see, the way God has ordered our world, that love is inappropriate. It's just as inappropriate as me saying I've fallen in love with a little five, a beautiful five, five-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed little girl, but I fell in love with her. I mean, why shouldn't, why shouldn't I have her to be my wife? You know, this, this gorgeous little nine-year-old redhead, I mean, she's... You know, or, or, I mean, you fill in the blank, right? You, what, whatever, it has no limit. whatever love, it has no limit unless it's the limit that God himself has placed upon it. And you and I as, as, as believers, we need to stay true to the word of God. And in those times when we don't understand it, then we need to pray for understanding. We need to seek understanding and not twist it or bend or you know, any, any which way to, to try to agree with others who call themselves Christians but are perverting the word of God in order to blend in with the culture because that's not going to work out well. Fear of man never, ever ends well. Jeremiah 39, verse 1, in the ninth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and all his army came against Jerusalem and besieged it. In the eleventh year of Zedekiah, in the fourth month, on the ninth day of the month, the city was penetrated. So it was when Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and all the men of war saw them, that they fled and went out of the city by night by way of the king's garden, by the gate between the two walls. And he went out by the way of the plain. But the Chaldean army pursued them and overtook Zedekiah in the plains of Jericho. And when they had captured him, they brought him up to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to Riblah in the land of Hamath, where he pronounced judgment on him. Then the king of Babylon killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes in Riblah. The king of Babylon also killed all the nobles of Judah. Moreover, he put out Zedekiah's eyes and bound him with bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. And the Chaldeans burned the king's house and the houses of the people with fire and broke down the walls of Jerusalem. Then Nebuzaradan, captain of the guard, carried away captive to Babylon the remnant of the people who remained in the city and those who defected to him with the rest of the people who remained. You know, uh, 
We read through this, and it's so easy to miss. In the ninth year of Zedekiah, in the tenth month, the king of Babylon and his army came and besieged it. In the eleventh year, in the fourth month, so almost two years later, is when they finally broke through. You and I cannot begin to imagine what a two-year siege did to the people of Jerusalem. We get hints of it in places in Scripture. History gives us some records of what it was like. People eating their own children. People eating their own children. Mothers cooking their own children after their children starved to death. A despair of hunger. It's just unbelievable. Now, but contrast all this with how Jeremiah was treated at the end of all this. Jeremiah 39, 11 says, Now Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, gave charge concerning Jeremiah to that guy, the captain of the guard, saying, Take him and look after him and do him no harm. But do to him just as he says to you. Then they sent someone to take Jeremiah to the court of the prison and committed him to Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, that he should take him home. So he dwelt among the people. Is the fear of the Lord better than the fear of man? Obviously, yes, right? Obviously, yes, it is. There's no hesitation, but there there is one more nuance we want to bring out before we close tonight. Let me just give you some scriptures. The fear of the Lord is always, always better. Proverbs 14, 26, 27, he who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. For his children, it will be a refuge. That's what I mentioned. Even if it costs your life, your children will be in refuge. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of life, turning a man from the snares of death. There's so many scriptures of but how the fear of the Lord is good, how it protects us. But here's what you need to, here's what struck me when we read through it again. You cannot simply look at the fear of the Lord versus the fear of man from a utilitarian, what do you call it, what's the word? Utilitarian. Utilitarian perspective, like what works. Because if you only look at what works, you will have temporary vision. Did it work out? It it does work better to be a Nazi than a Jew during World War II. It definitely works out better to be in the Nazi army than to be a Jew, right? So you can't measure it by those temporary standards alone. And it does work out better in the short run to be a dead fish swimming with everybody else of culture. It, you, the consequences hit later. So if you, if you only look at it from what, what works, initially there can be a very high price for the fear of the Lord. You know, I mean, Jeremiah was thrown constantly from one prison to another. Others were sawed and killed, and the whole proverb, um, Hebrews 11 is full of people who did not receive their promise on earth fully. So if you only look at it and say, well, that puts us in danger of saying exactly like Judah had said, well, God, you've forsaken me. I trusted you, I gave you my heart, and you've forsaken me, it's not working out, I lost my job. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Each Friday here on Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will be tackling various issues that we face as Christians from a husband and wife perspective. Be sure to join us each Friday for these insightful messages from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. For more information about Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert, Elizabeth, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, log on to MainThingRadio.com. That's MainThingRadio.com. 
At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of this message. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at www.mainthingradio.com. We'd also like to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. A link to subscribe to our Twitter feed is available at mainthingradio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to join us on Monday as Pastor Robert will continue teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. That's next time on Main Thing Radio. Thank you.